He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on his feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess, as he, as he lines up this last shot. He's got about 195 yards left. This crowd is going deadly silent. Cinderella story out of nowhere. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! It's in the hole! Welcome to week 110 of a Good Talk Spoiled Golf Podcast. I'm James Richardson, and as always, I'm joined by Barry O'Hanron. Hey, Barry. Hey, James. Good to be back. Yeah, good to have you. Um, if anybody would like to get in contact with us, our Twitter handle is at PodcastGTS, and the email is a good talk spoiled gmail.com at PodcastGTS, and a good talk spoiled at gmail.com. Thanks a million for all your feedback over the last couple of weeks. Sorry we weren't again here last week. Just work and life, unfortunately, gets in the way sometimes. But we've got a fairly packed show, so we're going to get going now. So uh, over the weekend, Barry, I, I played quite a bit of golf, actually, um, mixing between going to see Bruce Springsteen on Saturday, uh, Friday night, teed off at five eight minutes past seven in the following morning after about three and a half hours sleep. We did, yeah. Um, and then I went to a wedding at one o'clock that day, <laughs> got home at four the following morning and then teed it up at eight o'clock, uh, half eight the following day on Saturday, Sunday. So in, in, in a small event as well. I mean, it wasn't like an, it was an insignificant enough event. No, it actually wasn't. It was what we have around Ireland called the Top Golfer Tour, which is a tour designed for um, senior senior scratch golfers and junior scratch golfers so handicaps 0 to 4 and 5 to 9 so you're playing the junior scratch one that was in our place full tee sheet absolutely from what 7am until 1pm it was full which is great and uh, so you you showed up well prepared <laughs> I, I showed up well prepared yeah. while I jumped out of bed after the third alarm was ignored at uh, which point I was trying to make desperate phone calls to the guy I was playing with, Will Griffith, as everyone knows, uh, one of the guys on the on this show. Um, he's not answering his phone. I'm then thinking secretly, geez, you know, three and a half hours sleep. I wouldn't be too disappointed if he went out last night, got hammered, and is unfortunately unable to play either. I I arrived with, I think four minutes to spare before the tea time and the guy from Top Golf is there tapping my name and my email address into his iPad and I'm like eh mate I'm meant to be on the tea box and he's like <laughs> no I have to take everything all the details I'm like oh my god seriously ran up the tea here's my business card myself and Will Will was late as well we both arrived with minutes to spare ran up and met a really nice guy Kevin Kinsella from who plays out of Waterford Castle and plays off four and uh yeah it was um it was interesting yeah which uh, in fairness it was it was good fun it was beautiful weather but uh man it was um not the way to prepare it wasn't my usual turn up an hour in advance hit some putts hit some stretches do some work in the net and then go to the first tee prepared but uh anyway it was what it was anybody who's been on game golf they will have seen my scores over the last uh, the last weekend so and for those that didn't you actually played very nicely for a long part and then i think the tiredness wall possibly hit oh on sunday yeah, yeah. definitely i um i lost lost a bit of concentration we we all kind of lost so I, 4 or 7 and then me at 12 so um you know it, it it's it's good you can lift your game 
to the guys who were four to seven, you can lift your game to their level. Mm. And um, kind of round 13, the par five, 13th in Glen of the Downs, the Kevin hit his into the junk on the right. Um, so did Will. I was in the fairway. And I think, I think there was seven and an eight from the lads and I had a, I had a six and then kind of I parred the next one and we were all down the fairway on, on, on 15, middle of the fairway and I saw, I think it was, um, I think it was Kevin. You saw an albatross in your future. Well, Kevin, Kevin hit his first and he, uh, he hit pin high. He was behind me on the, the fairway um, and he hit a rescue or something the wind was right behind our back and he hit rescue and he was pin high and I looked at his and went well if he's able to do that you know I sh- I- I'll be able to do it and all round I hadn't been out muscled by them you know it was mm. the finesse around the greens his scrambling was superb it was definitely the biggest difference between me and him on the day was his ability to if you're short of the green you know he was putting putting like kick in pars, you know, and that was a huge difference and something that I really took away from it that I have to get so much better. Like he didn't hit that many greens in regulation, but man, he got up and down so often. Mm. Um, but, uh, but now I just threw it into the junk on the left. Um, and I, I, I still came away with, what was it? I, I missed a putt for a six. So, Ended up with a seven, but to be fair to Will and Kevin, they both held absolute monster putts for Eagle. Um, so anyway, it kind of at that stage, I just didn't give a shit, and tiredness, as you say, sat set in, and the next two were complete blanks in my head. It's amazing how it can happen when you're not kind of nice, well, half decently rested before round of golf. Like you know, round of golf is it's quite intense. You know, it is. It's four hours or three hours to that stage. You're out, you're walking around. It's quite warm here at the moment, so that kind of takes a bit more energy out of you. And if you're not well rested, your brain can just when you're trying when you're trying to get that thirty or forty seconds of focus around each shot, you might just have little lapses in concentration for just that split second, and that can be catastrophic to a thing. And all of a sudden, you might end up getting a little bit on tilt, and then it's harder to focus, and you're more tired. And it's kind of a vicious spiral. And yeah. look, we've we've all gone through it. All the listeners, we've all gone through it. We know what it's like. And uh, it's not it's not great. So um, it, it was funny though, and I don't know. Maybe this is just the way I play golf in groups. Uh, Kevin said to us that we we had bite to eat afterwards, and uh, Kevin said to myself and Will, and as everyone knows, myself and Will from the podcast, you know, we're 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 not silent people. Like we we chat, and you know, he was a visitor. We wanted to make sure that you know he was also off four, so he had a real chance of of winning this. He played off plus one when he was eighteen. Um, and has steadily gone the other direction but he said to us afterwards he said this is the first top golfer that I've played over the last three years that uh, we've been laughing and joking on the golf course it's usually very very serious it's 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 Sunday of a major Mm -hmm. (laughs) I went really he goes oh yeah like it's it's just phenomenal how serious people take this and I went all right, okay. Sorry, I uh, <laughs> I got to a point where I just didn't give a shit any longer. <laughs> but uh, but it's 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 amazing, you know, that kind of the way people take things so seriously uh, about competitions like that because there is an order yeah. of merit to be fair for those guys. If you're under nine, you can join their order of merit. Mm, it's a brilliant tour. I mean, they have a whole bunch of stops all the way throughout the season. They've got you know 
advertising banners and stuff around the golf course. Like we've played them before. I just, I couldn't make it on Sunday. It was working unfortunately. Um, but you feel like you're going to a bigger, more special event than you would like your regular one in your own home course. And they have like, you know, welcome packs and prizes. And there, as you said, there is an order of merit. A friend of ours won the event. Yeah, Owen O'Shea shot 72, made a birdie on the last to win it by a shot, which is a great way to finish. And, and I think he automatically now goes to, so they, they do a bit yeah. like a FedEx Cup mm-hmm. playoff, so he now automatically goes through to the to the two-day finals. Yeah, because he's a tour win- event he's winner. He's an event winner. Do you know so, what he's winning? I think he's winning a Paracaddy for the the win this weekend, so the prizes are not insignificant. Oh, no, no. They're like, and it's um, Kevin, who hopefully uh, is going to come out and play with us again up in Glen of the Downs over the open week, but... He was saying that, like you know, it's 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 a good way for guys who have or are struggling to to win big tournaments in their own course because the high handicappers are winning medals and winning. That actually, he kind of changed his focus. Playing off four, he had no wriggle room most of the time, mm. and he was always being beaten in his medals and stroke competitions by a twenty-one handicapper who's kicked it around, and he's gone like. 72 and the guy goes down and shoots it mm-hmm. and you know he ends up at like a 64 and he's like I can never get to 64 realistically like it's going to be yeah, he needs like, to shoot 68, 68 or 67 68. like it's, it's phenomenal yeah. golfing so he's like the great thing about the top golfer mm-hmm. way is to be able to go out on tour in effect mm-hmm. and actually compete against guys of a similar level and it removes now there is a net price, but it removes that the variance, the of, dodgy yeah. guy who's like off nine, but should be like a three. Um, so no, well done to Ono Shea. Uh, it was a, a super super win. Um, any golf? Well, we have the Heritage this week, Barry. We do, yeah. Off to our first prime of the year. So this is at the uh, the Heritage, the only course designed by Seve in Ireland. So um, I've been talking to the general manager there. He said the course is in great shape. The weather's helping it along a lot. And we, we're going to be playing around with him. That's Tom Kennedy. So we're going to be playing around with him, uh, practice round on Friday afternoon. And then we're on the tee for our first round with our pro, Marco Mahoney, on Saturday at 9.35. And we'll have the game golf uh, yeah. system. So you'll be able to kind of keep track of it. You'll also be able to keep track of how the, the team is doing on the, if you actually put in the Heritage Pro-Am, Mm. Um, Ireland, because I think we'll, there's a heritage. We'll be, we'll be tweeting. Australia. We'll be tweeting it up because we're quite proud of being on the top of the leaderboard. Um, but it's it's. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. everybody I've spoken to and said that we're going down. Just says the exact same thing. It's an awesome course and it's absolutely amazing, and you'll love it. So let's wait and see. I did a bit of preparation last night. I cleaned the clubs. I saw the the photo. I didn't just. I didn't ridiculous. just clean the clubs out. I bought bought a couple of groove sharpeners and I've. I remember doing this once before and it was brutal. Like I just swore I'd never do it again. But in the last week or two, I've noticed wedge shots that I've hit well. You, know, you feel the feedback that was out of the center of the club and you know it just does not spin in the slightest. And that's freaking me out because I'm visualizing the shot the way I want to play it and what it should do and it's not doing it. So a um, little bit of met, uh, Googling around and found, you know, exact symptoms of what's happening with my wedges. They're shooting high on full shots. They're not spinning on the shorter ones. Uh, so go get some groove sharpeners. And I got stuck into it last night, and it is savage. My arm is still aching. Did all the clubs. Uh, all the clubs? Every, all my irons, yeah. 
Okay. So they're I actually do think about it, they're three years old. They're three and a half years old now. Now they had a half year break when I broke my leg, but they're three years old, so that's uh, it's a lot of time. And, and when am I getting my two wedges back? Your two wedges. I assumed I mean, you were doing mine as oh, well. Oh, I'm right? doing the team's wedges, yeah. Um, payment up front. I actually said last night, um, I would never... You would never I would never, so I would never. No, I would never do that for anybody. Like Even if I was a caddy, I'd go pay somebody else to do it. Like It's horrendous. How long does it take per club? Uh, I ran that thing through each groove, I'd say, especially the lower ones, I'd say a good 10, 15 times. You multiply that out, like... Yeah. Um, well, it better work. It better. Uh, well, they certainly... Of course, on the, fir- on the first hole, you'll, you'll hit it. It will shoot off the club face. There'll be no spin, and you'll think, oh, feck me. <laughs> yeah, time. Um, and then no, you'll no. realise that it wasn't actually the equipment it's at all. It's just my technique. Yeah, <laughs> I know. That, that'll be a ho- horrible, horrible realisation. You've always had very good technique. They certainly did feel a lot sharper and uh, they look clean as well so um hopefully it all works uh, i wouldn't recommend it to anybody if you if your clubs need to have your groove sharpened give them to a place that can do it for you it's worth every penny well uh we'll wait, wait and see uh so that's the heritage so we've got three rounds this weekend so very much looking forward to it and uh, as barry says we'll twi- tweet on the app podcast gts account over the course of the weekend so uh follow us on that and you can follow us on the game golf app as well um, and if you're not on it get on it download it it's free and send us an L follow and we'll follow you as well they have a massive one million dollar sweepstakes thing running this uh, summer so this uh, yeah I'll get that up on the uh, on the feed now this evening as well uh, I think all you have to do is actually just go play rounds of golf I had a quick look through it there uh, all you need to do is just go play rounds of golf upload them to the system and the more rounds you play the uh, the more chances you have to win well, let's have a very brief, and we're going to just do this very, very briefly, look at the news, and um, I suppose there's a bit kind of historical stuff, which was that uh, Rory McIlroy and Danny Willett <coughs> have said that they're taking under advisement their attendance at the Olympics due to the Zika virus. Um, they're now saying that you know it may be something that they're not quite convinced that they're going to go and do if this is a problem. Shane Lowry also came out saying that he was going to take advice from his own GP and his own medical advisors with regard to it in circumstances where um, he obviously is newly married and is concerned about the effects it might have on their ability to, to have children in the future if that's what they decide. So it's interesting to see that it's, um, you know, there's, there's talk about it. Obviously, the Zika virus is and uh, the Olympics is being hotly debated at the moment because there's now a talk about. The, the Olympics being completely shelved for the time being um, for all sports so that it doesn't spread beyond Rio. But we'll wait and see. <clears throat> it's a developing story, as they say. Um, Donald Trump is in the news for a couple of things at the moment. One is that he again is uh, attempting to build his wall around Trump International links in Dunbeg. Um, this is to stop the erosion. Um, I can understand it um, in circumstances where the the course was decimated a couple of years ago by a very bad winter here and has needed a lot of money invested. The second aspect for Donald Trump this week is that uh, it has been announced that the WGC Cadillac is now going to be removed from Doral and is now moving over to Mexico City. 
Um, Donald Trump has come out in only Donald Trump can and has defended the decision by the PGA by saying that it's basically ridiculous and that, quote, they're moving it to Mexico City, which, by the way, I hope they have kidnapping insurance, but they're moving it to Mexico City. So he's obviously really endearing himself to uh, the Latinos in the American presidential election at the moment. But Doral is no longer. Um, another course that might be no longer if it doesn't go the right way on July the 1st, Royal Troon, which is the home of this year's Open Championship, is going to hold a special meeting on the 1st of July to decide if women can become members. I suppose this is on the back of the Muirfields um Revo- uh, the P- uh, the RNA revoking Muirfield's spot for the rota where they refused or, or voted against allowing women members. However, it seems to be kind of being the view out of Royal Troon is that it is going to pass and that it won't have any difficulty, but we'll keep an eye on it um, over the next couple of weeks. Um, and I suppose, really, other than that, oh, well, sorry, there's also um, the Walton Heath. U.S. Open qualifying Pork Harrington bogey the last two holes, something that seems to be uh, you know a an theme unfortunate at this theme. Stage. Yeah, um, bogey the last two holes to miss the playoff by one shot. Three put at the last after sending his approach too far and catching a sw- uh, swall. And uh, you know that that seems to be kind of the story of Pork Harrington's life at the moment. Um, any other news, Barry, that I missed in that little roundup? Um. The, there's a cool company called Topgolf over in the States and so they have really funky high energy alcohol serving driving ranges so you've like lighting up targets and it's a lot more social and engaging for all the people there there's music sounds like and, a bring your own bottle kind of game uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if they do the BYOB or they serve it there anyway there's, there's locations springing up all over the place in the States I think they've got 26 locations um, around the USA they have a couple in the UK now as well Anyway, these guys have bought Pro Tracer, so everybody will know Pro Tracer from watching it on TV and watching the pros hit all these amazing shots. And so Top Golf, I think, are bringing Pro Tracer to their own venues, so you will be able to see your own squirrely shots and maybe one great shot in the night on Pro Tracer, which would be pretty damn cool. But that's the one you take home on the DVD. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Now they did add that. Uh, I'm sure everybody has fears that oh my god, they've bought this company, we're not going to see Pro Tracer on TV anymore. The they have said that they're not going to change anything with the way they Pro Tracer deals with the TV contracts, so we won't be losing it from TV. Thanks be to God. But uh, yeah, we, they they look like good fun to go to, and if we're ever uh, near one, uh, I think we'll, we'll take the opportunity oh, to do so. Um, so let's have a look back. We're going to do a very quick review of two weeks ago because we missed obviously the Irish Open and a few other big events. So Barry, you just uh, outline what happened at the LPGA. All right, let's let's rip this. Okay, so the Kingsville Championship. Uh, this was the first of um, the sorry. Juta Nugarn's second win in a row. Um, she won by one shot from Suo with Seung Kim and Jarena Pillar a further shot back. So um, this was this was pretty good for Juta Nugarn. Uh, second win in a row. We'd be like, all right, well done. We'll find out what she did in her third event in a row in a few minutes' time. Um, we, um, the reason why I sent that to you, as you can tell, was because of our name. Yeah, thanks for that. However, uh, this one I can get. So Rory McIlroy <laughs> delighted the fans of the K Club um, as the home favourite overcame a stern challenge from Russell Knox to win the Dubai Duty Free Irish Open, hosted by the man himself, the Rory Foundation. 
um, it was quite an emotional uh, win for him and you could see it in his face but it was an incredible clutch couple of par fives on the way back and um, you know you, you pay your money you take your chance and uh, he certainly did putting in an absolute stellar uh, long I think it was a wood rescue yeah, so type uh, um, onto 18 the, well yeah it all started back on 16 so I actually went down with a friend that day to to see the Irish Open and um, we pl- we walked up to 16th and said right here's a good spot to actually watch so we stood in the the layup zone where all the pros were laying up that day it was in playing a little bit into the wind most of them were laying up to maybe 100 were the aggressive ones the other ones were 120 130 148 now, this is a pretty intimidating target to 16th green when you're at that layup zone. We're right behind where these guys are hitting their pro shots from. We look back to where the their drives were, and most of the guys were hitting kind of mid irons just based on what you know the ball trajectory coming up to the layup zone. So we agreed nobody is going for this green in two today. Just not happening. Well, uh, Rory decided that he's not nobody. He went and hit one from two set three wood from two seventy one onto the green, makes his birdie. Goes to 17, hits a great tee shot, gets super aggressive with a second, leaves himself left of the pin and under the hole when the hole is like, what, four yards in the water. Lips out, uh, that was the second one of the day, and then on 18, doesn't hit the best of drives. He wasn't completely happy with it and then has that absolutely stunning five wood from, was it, 243? So just two of the best fairway wood shots you'll see all year. And uh, what a way to just grab his home, you know, his home open. Uh, and one that you know he's got his name attached to as well. Like uh, he looked first person to ever win an event that he was hosting on the European tour. So cool. Um, six hundred and sixty-six odd thousand euros plus appearance fees and all of the rest, all going to the Rory Foundation and the charity, which uh, supports some brilliant work from three Irish charities. Uh, so they reckon that 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 week probably brought them in over a million quid. That's so amazing. That's, you know, and, and a lot of people were kind of going on about, you know, was, I saw, heard a few people going, oh, geez, you know, Rory winning all that money. And then he'd said to them, well, actually, he's given it to the Rory Foundation for three charities. And they were like, oh, oh well, that, actually, that's quite quite a nice yeah, thing. Yeah, that's an awesome gesture. Um, it's really, really amazing. So it's, it's, it's great for the charities. I do want to, however, just touch on one story that came out of it, which was Matthew Southgate, who finished on fourth on his own, um... I think he was minus eight, uh, four shots back. But this is a great story and one that um, I think everybody may now know, but if not, we'll say it anyway. Um, so Southgate got very emotional after the round uh, and it seems, you know, a lot of people kind of wondered why, but it turns out that he's 28 years old, trying to earn money on the Challenge Tour to help his two-year-old niece overcome leukemia. He, Southgate, earn, earned only €10,000 before he himself was diagnosed with testicular cancer. Since then, he's had an operation, managed to get back in time to go through three grueling stages of Q school last year to earn his tour card. And uh, his fourth place finish has now meant that he earned himself over €200,000, pretty much securing his full European tour card for this year and pretty much getting it for next. Mm. Um, and afterwards, he said that pretty much most of the money was going to be going to help his uh, his niece who needs it more than him. So of all people it just it's a great story and one that um I didn't want to to not 
uh, tell for this week, especially on the basis that we always talk about what these guys are earning, and it's it's good to remember that sometimes uh, there's more to life in this in in this world than just golf. And um, any other stories, Barry, that came out of the Irish Open? No. Did, did you enjoy the experience? It was very good. The course was in absolutely stunning conditions. I mean, even the runoffs from the greens. There are golf courses around that would be proud to call them their greens it was magnificent and uh, we had to put up with a couple of it was just crazy weather it seems like the irish open brings out the worst and most unusual irish weather every single and now year. we have the most beautiful oh, 18 to 22 degree sunshine gorgeous. and clear skies this week so. but in between the hailstorms that actually covers the entire golf course it was actually really nice that day so uh, just very unusual. I think there's talk of them actually trying to push the Irish Open to a little bit later in the season and kind of have Irish Open, Scottish Open, Open Championship. That would be fantastic to do that. It would give us a slightly better chance of presenting uh, in a little better weather conditions. But um, I, I think whenever you pick it, uh, I know, it's, I know. it's, it's always going to be the way. So. But yeah, no, it was, it was really enjoyable to get down there. Um, there was a good vibe and atmosphere around the place. And... Uh, if anyone hasn't been to the Palmer course, like it, just what an estate! It's beautiful yeah, down it's there. Unreal. It's I, really gorgeous. I'll never forget it from being down at the Ryder Cup at it. It's just, it's, it's also a super spectators course. Mm. You know, you're you're so close um, to them, and uh, there's just some great vantage points, especially around some of the par threes. Yes. You get some really good vantage points. So let's look at the uh, the PGA from two weeks ago and uh, Sergio Garcia. Uh, avenged the near misses taking uh, the AT&T Byron Nelson Championship and uh, I suppose this was one that looked like it was going to get away from him at one stage but uh, you know it's a big win for Sergio and uh, something that really probably is really kind of needed and long overdue long overdue first PGA Tour win in four years start there's a lot of talk about does he have it does he have it does he have the mental fortitude to do it um, he put his ball in the water twice in the final round. I'd say he probably thought it was gone, but then Brooks Kepka, who had this tournament in complete control, made back-to-back bogeys in 14 and 15, then failed to birdie the very birdie but 16th, and uh, also missed chances on 17, you know, didn't get birdie on 17 and 18, and uh, gets into a playoff. So you kind of like, okay, I stumbled and I staggered my way into a playoff, but then hit his tee, and hit his tee shot left into the water. An intimidating drive. But uh, you just can't, you can't do that. And uh, it made life very easy for Sergio, who hit a cracking tee shot down the left side of the fairway, about 300 yards, and uh, sealed the win. So it was really good to see Sergio get the win. I'm, I'm a big fan of his. Absolutely. And it was a 63, 66, 68, 68 for a 265, 15 under. So, you know, it was a, it was a very impressive uh, four rounds. There was, there was no big hiccups in anywhere along there. So uh, good for the mental health for him and uh, great great that he's back in the winner enclosure here's one here's where you need some serious mental health checking Matt Kuchar right on 18 needs birdie to get to minus 15 okay this guy just I don't know whether does he have the killer instinct at all he hits this absolute shocker of a tee shot I might mean, say 50 yards right where he needs to be uh, complete and utter bailout he needs a birdie like doesn't even risk you know taking on the left side of the thing I don't know what's wrong with him uh, it was just, it was an awful cop out. Uh, sad. It's crap. It's crap to see. Like, what, it, why is this guy? I mean, maybe he was going for a shot, but it just seems like Kucher bails out time and time again. It nearly, it's, it's like he's happy to to kind of 
secure top fives, mm. top threes, and kind of go, ah, you know what? You know, it looks like he looks for consistency of kind of tops rather than maybe the likes of your Roars or your Jason Days or... or, or so, Who risk finishing know, outside the top ten. Well, to, just for, win it. To, for, just go and win it. For going after you know, a win, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. like, it's another one. He, he was one shot behind the playoff, didn't get in because of it. It was, it was certainly a strange... Strange um, attitude. But. Yeah, and then like the weekend, of course, Jordan Spieth falling apart all over the place. Which, uh, well, he fixed up pretty quickly going into the next week. Well, let's let's talk about last week, and I suppose bringing us now up to date in the LPGA and the Volvic Championship and Travis Point in uh, Ann Arbor in Michigan. It was played over the six thousand seven hundred nine yard par seventy two, and uh, Barry has already kind of you know broken the spoiler on this earlier. But go on, Barry. I wonder who won this. Aria Jutanugarn. Shot a final round 567 to capture her third consecutive LPGA uh, title by f- five strokes. So uh, she finished up 15 under. Interesting thing about this was she didn't have a driver in the bag all week long. She took out the driver, put in another wedge, and used a three wood and three different utility irons a two iron, three iron, and four iron. Um, she does this a lot, actually, apparently. Doesn't use a driver. She's one of the longest on tour on average. She averages 267 yards off the tee. So she's not using driver. She's doing that with a three-wood and utility iron. So this girl can hit the ball. No, and, uh, you know, obviously uh, it's working for her. Uh, she'll get some cut. Her handicap is going to get shredded. <laughs> three weeks in a row, she is She is not playing off that handicap. No, no, week. not at all. Plus eight. Plus eight. <laughs> um, so the European tour, the PGA flagship uh, PGA Championship the BMW at Wentworth in Surrey was played over the 7,284 yard par 72 and I suppose before we get on to the winner and the way this uh, event took place I, I have to say you know it's it's a sad day when the flagship event pretty much is not a flagship event and um, they built this whole event around Ian Poulter or sorry uh, uh, Justin Rose and Justin Rose had to pull out because of a bad back all the advertisement, everything was um, centred around players that didn't turn up. They need to do something, and it seems to be the case that nobody likes what Ernie Els has done to the course, nobody likes the course generally, mm. and if it's going to be your flagship event, you need the top European guys there. This has to be, they've, they've changed the rules, as we know, to four events for these guys who are playing in the US. This needs to be one of those four events that... The players want to play in mm-hmm. and uh, you know I don't I don't think there was really anybody other than kind of Willett who was of the big names of, of the big big yeah. names that people would be talking but in any event let's let's go and look at this uh, Chris Wood did ultimately win it and he uh, um, it, yep. it was a great win for him so let's not detract away from it because of the field but it's, it's a big title there were big enough ranking points available Big prize money, it gets in places, it gives him confidence. I won one of the big flagship events. He's not going to give a hoot who was and wasn't there that week. He beat he beat the Masters champion of yeah. this year. So another great week for him. Danny Willis third, yeah. uh, two behind um, uh, Chris Wood. Um, His third round was appalling though. That seventy six that, that caused him a cruise to a victory. You know, so his um, but. This week he had more steady, better better rounds than he did the week before in Ireland. So you know his his game is probably sharpening up, and the U.S. Open's only a couple of weeks away. He's going to be if he can get nearly four rounds all pull you know pieced together the next time out. You know he's uh, he'll be in good shape. To be fair, he he was talking over the Irish Open that he really hadn't been practicing since the Masters mm. between 
all the sponsorship stuff and just yeah. generally enjoying it and, and, and quite rightly um, it hasn't been something that he's been in a position to actually um, uh, kind of be on the range so this was his third kind of week back mm-hmm. kind of second third week back so you can kind of see the game is coming 66, 68, 76 as you say round 3 really really knocked the wind out of the sails in 71 Chris Wood however minus 9 72, 70, 68, 69, picks up 833,000 euros. And, you know, it's um, it's a great event for him, and it's it, 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 it certainly one that it is the flagship. A few other names that there, Martin Keimer showing a bit of form, minus five, set, tied seventh. Um, but there is, you know, when you look at the top 20, 25, you know, there isn't significantly huge names there no. that... That you, you, you kind of say, wow, the cream rose to the top in this field. I think they're starting to make more changes to the course now between now and next year. So uh, hope, hopefully they make enough significant changes to get the big names back because it needs it. It was a little lacklustre this year. Uh, I'd say they were extremely disappointed. Yeah, I think I think that's that's a very fair comment, and and hopefully they will uh, rectify it because as a flagship event, and if it's not going to be the flagship event because of scheduling or whatever it is and they need to move it and make it a flagship mm. event if it means that it needs to be a couple of weeks you know if earlier earlier later or move it closer to the open championship or whatever it needs it needs something because it certainly um it, it somewhat felt a bit flat in my in my opinion um let's move then to the uh PGA Tour and it was the Dean and Delusia in, Invitational Colonial Fourth Work Texas and was played over the 7,204-yard par 70. And for a man, as Barry again alluded to, he's been great for the spoilers tonight, um, Jordan Spieth fell apart the Sunday before, but certainly didn't uh, this week, and pretty much put a lot of very dodgy weeks and a lot of question marks since the Masters. And uh, for somebody who was meant to be struggling, playing badly, putting badly, chipping badly... Who was arguably, like, for him, all over the place the week before. I remember, I have a note down here from, you know, trying to prep the agenda for last week. We were trying to get the podcast off the ground. Like, Peter Costas did a phenomenal uh, breakdown of a swing on the, the, the slow motion Conica Minolta Biz Up Swing Vision camera. Roll that one off the tongue. And he was he was saying, showing exactly why Speed was having a two-way miss, and this was happening, and that was happening. It was really interesting, and he got that all locked down within a week. Which is, it's just the guy has a, like one of the best mental games in the world. You know, Jason Day wins the week before, McElroy wins the Irish Open, Speeds in Texas has a shocking weekend the week before, sorts all out and goes out and wins. And wow, what a finish! Well, Those three birdies. To, to put this in perspective, uh, Jordan Speeds' final round sixty-five gained five point one strokes compared to the field average of seventy point one. His putting accounted for 81% of those strokes, being 4.1 of his gain in the final round, which came from sinking putts of lengths of 7, 13, 20, 21, 32, and 34 feet. He, he, he gained 1.3 strokes with a short game in the final round, mostly due to a chip-in for birdie on the 17th. So for a guy who, you know, this was meant to be a real problem... What problem? What problem? Yeah. You know... Uh, and nobody could keep up with him. That was that was the reality. You know, it's um, you know he put together a very tidy you know four rounds and uh, you know um, sixty seven, sixty six, sixty five, sixty five for two sixty three minus seventeen three shot victory 
minus five in the last. Harris, Harris, English, Ryan Palmer, Webb Simpson. They just couldn't get close to him in the end. None of the guys. It just. I was watching a good bit of this now on Sunday night, and nobody seemed to really want it. Nobody seemed to just go, "I'm taking this. This is mine." And well, their speech has said, "No, actually, it's mine." And bang, 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 birdie, birdie, birdie separates himself from the rest and shows like he is that level better than the rest of them. Uh, and your good friend Matt Gucci there, tied six, uh, minus nine. Consistent. Um, Jason Duffner, a guy who's really kind of. Boiling a little bit under the radar at the moment, you know, he's he's already had the win this year, but he's just loves slowly, Colonial Country Club. Slowly coming back, you know. Yeah. Um was this Jordan Speed's home course? I think it was, wasn't it? it no, was it was the, the week before it was, before uh, yeah. was the, the home course. But this is yeah, just across the city, uh, or just you know, so uh, a home a home state win. If you're if you're gonna have uh, a bad start to the season, um, you know, and if you're going to be talked about as somebody who is going to be slightly off the radar. Jordan Spieth has really managed to, uh, you know, buck that trend now because, you know, at the Masters, he was, it was, it was the master, he was the master champion until the back nine on Sunday. He has had a few bad weeks, mm. but now he's got this win. He's got the win that he had at the Hyundai uh, Tour of Champions back in January so this is a guy who has a little bit more on the mantelpiece than other guys and we're still talking about how bad a season is so you know when you're only high, two yeah. three weeks away from, from the next major you know but when you're high on that pedestal you're you're subject to everybody micro-analyzing everything you do and if one thing is wrong then it's going to be amplified it's really wrong and if you, you know you make a mistake it's a huge mistake it's not just a, you know not just a regular mistake like for any of the other guys uh, no disrespect to them but he, he himself day and McElroy are subject to so much more scrutiny than the rest of the field uh, and Ricky Fowler as well you know to, to, to put a few others in there Adam Scott Bubba Watson these superstars get scrutinized to the end of if they miss a putt it's a catastrophe it's not really he's just had a bit of an off week a couple of bad rounds in the weekend Goes back, fixes with his coach, comes out, bit of mental resilience, and kicks ass like he like he's been doing the last couple of years. And I think um, I think what we also have to say is the uh, the story about Tony uh, Finau. Is that how you Finau, say Finau? Yeah. Who uh, during uh, the Saturday third round at the the Invitational went and struck his drive across the back of the head of a poor uh, unfortunate lady phrasing spectator. phrasing yeah. I think he didn't actually hit her with the driver he hit the ball, the ball. The ball hit I'm sorry I, meant, I think people knew that like, yeah, <laughs> I meant with the ball but uh, in no way was this uh, suggested by Nike it just happened that he wore a lot of Nike gear for the photo op but he did go and bring her flowers and a present uh, that was which awesome. was better than epoxy glove I suppose signed the by signed him. glove yeah no that was a cool do you think you'd take him. a glove signed by him or do you think you might see what other players are in the group and say is there any chance <laughs> Tony you couldn't hook me up with <laughs> Tony, a signed Tony, glove any, from... any chance you could get Sergio's glove there for me signed no and um, fair play that was a cool move by him to show up and do yeah, that yeah. Um, whether the sponsors checked it suggested or not it's his time and that was a cool thing to be fair he is like a sponsor's dream because i never see him out of a nike t-shirt and a nike hat that guy i think sleeps in nike it's uh like pajamas oh yeah. you know what it, it's it's phenomenal what he does for that company and um, so look that uh, any other stories barry that you you, you wanted to highlight or will we move on and away from no uh, historical think, stuff i think yeah Leave the past in the past and look forward. So that was a very brief uh, look 
past the last two weeks but let's look forward and the lpga are at the shop right lpga classic presented by azer it's at the bay course at the uh, stockton seaview hotel and golf club in callaway new jersey 6177 yard par 71 and anna northquist defends Jason mm. newgarden is not going to win this week She's not playing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Lucky the rest of them. Somebody else gets a chance to win. That's because she's just she's trying to get point ones back somewhere. <laughs> so, uh, any any betting on uh, any odds here? No, for... I'll run. I'll run the odds though. Yeah. So, Jarena Pillar, who's been playing brilliantly recently, is thirteen to two favorite. Stacey Lewis, who seems to be the perennial bridesmaid in the LPGA, finishing second more often than not, is fifteen to two. Brooke Henderson, eight to one. Shan Chang Feng, nine to one. Anna Norkvist defending champions ten to one. Jenny Shin is eighteen to one. Charlie Hull and Nayon Choi are twenty to one. Haru Numura is twenty-eight to one. He Young Park is thirty-three to one, and the rest of the field are forty to one and out. And we will then look at the European Tour moves to the uh, Nordia Masters. It's at the Brohoff Slot Golf Club in Stockholm, Sweden, being played over the seven thousand. 511 yard par 72 and Barry you had a, a quick look at the this, this is one that should look pretty spectacular on the, the TV by the sounds of it yeah I um, I like this golf course set alongside a fjord in, uh, which is for anyone who doesn't know what a fjord is it's a water a big water inlet who doesn't say that this is both educational and a bit of fun uh, yeah. this podcast so uh, why generous fairways Bent grass greens, the wind can get up here and play havoc with the guys. But uh, I like I like watching this golf course, and so I will sit down and watch a little bit on the weekend in between our rounds of golf. Yes, uh, we'll have to find ways of watching it down in, in, in the heritage. No doubt there will be a few TVs dotted around I, the place. I, yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see, because I'm still confused as to where the golf course is and where the hotel is, because they don't seem to talk to each other or like each other anymore. So Separate entities, um, it's a bit of an unusual one, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit odd, all right. But uh, let's look at the betting uh, market here Barry for, for the Nordia Masters Henrik Stenson is um, obviously home favourite at 11-2 to two. Lee Westwood is 11-1 Alexander Noren is 14-1 Tyrrell Hatton 20-1 Thomas Peters 22-1 Rickard Karlberg 25-1 good showing last week finished second Ross Fisher 28-1 Matthew Fitzpatrick Andrew Johnson Beef Johnson who won a few weeks ago he is 33-1 as is Nicholas Kosarts Peter Hansen uh, on a bit of resurgence of form, um, free from injury, is thirty-five to one. Bradley Dredge forty to one as a Scott Hend, recent winner out in the uh, Far East. Uh, Julian Kane, James Morrison, Pablo Larathabal, and Romain Watel are fifty to one, and the rest of the field are out beyond that. Okay, and before we look at the U.S. Open, because there's going to be a reason uh, that I say this, the. You, not the US sorry, Open, the sorry. Memorial. Before the I look at the Memorial, yes. I want to look at the US Open. And the reason being that Jason Day, uh, joint favourite at the moment on the market with Rory McIlroy at 13-2, to two, Jordan Spieth 15-2, to two, and then Ricky Fowler, Dustin Johnson at 18-1. to one. So really tight field. But the reason we talk about that is that the PGA Tour is going down to the Memorial Tournament in Muirfield Village in Dublin, Ohio, it's going to be played over the 7,352-yard par 72. And uh, 
Dave's beating McElroy in the field this week. Mm-hmm. So this is going to certainly whet the appetite of, of it. But And they've got Spieth and McElroy playing together along with Justin Thomas. So Barry, you have had a look at the course on this as well and you might give a flavour of that to the to the listeners. I uh, had tip to golf betting system here. I borrowed just a little bit of Steve's um, course description. So <laughs> this is obviously his Jack, uh, Jack Nicholas's home course. He built it because he wanted to give the people of Muirfield a place that could host big sporting occasions and this is there every single year. So uh, the golf course is a classical design featuring tree-lined fairways, 79 bunkers, 11 holes have water in play, and over 60 acres of primarily Kentucky bluegrass rough, which is quite sticky. Severely undulating green complexes are a true work of art and feature some of the fastest bent grass the PGA Tour traditionally sees each season. Thank you to Steve Bramford of Golf (laughs) Bank System. Certainly more eloquent than you might have put it. Um, and yeah, what I kind, of, what it's, kind it's, of grass is it? It's a bluegrass. It's bluegrass, but it is bluegrass. green. It's yeah. a bluegrass with a bit of green on it. But it is green, yeah. So uh, so the betting at the moment is Jason Day and Rory McIlroy 13-2, Jordan Spieth 7-1, Matsuyama 14-1, Ricky Fowler and Matt Kuchar 20-1, Dustin Johnson 22-1, Bubba Watson 25-1, Phil... And Patrick Reader forty to one, Paul Casey forty five to one, Daniel Berger fifty to one with Jason Duffner, Charles Schwartzel, um, and then we can kind of go out from there. Russell Knox down there at sixty to one, Jim Furyk seventy to one, David Lingmurth, Mark Leishman seventy to one, and uh, kind of out from there. So, um, I have to say, even just when you when you read the names from that, mm. you just you can see what one this tournament means to the players because they want to play at it um, for Jack more than anything. And secondly, it's just it, it's starting to ramp up again for the next major and the big names are starting to, to kind of come back on, into the field. Yeah, they all want to get a couple of uh, you know, game-tuning performances in before the US Open. It's, uh, it's just around the corner. One player who won't be there this week is Graham Delat, who has withdrawn and very interestingly, very open and honest of him, uh, tweeted today, and it's at Graham Delat on Twitter, and um, says that I'm dealing with incredible anxiety while chipping pitching right now. It's not fun. I need to withdraw to get it sorted out and get back as soon as possible. Um, a lot of people saying, you know, Graham Delat, you know, fair play to you. You could have claimed back injury, toothache, glutes not activating, but you chose the higher higher road and were honest, respect. So a lot of people coming out and saying fair play to Graham Delat. Yeah, absolutely. Being very honest about it. Hopefully, whatever the problem is, it's going to get sorted because I, I, I really like him. I don't want to see him kind of go the way of a David Duval and, and have, have these problems and get the yips. And I don't think anybody wants to see that happen to any golfer, no matter whether your favourite or least favourite guy out there. It's just a horrible thing to see. Um, so we wish him all the best, and hopefully he comes back as a superb ball striker. Like, he hits his irons beautifully. So uh, And who who's going to have a bit? Like, probably Shane Lowry is then second to the Beard Stakes right now, if that's the case. So uh, new, new Beard champion. Um I think that this is certainly um, uh, one of my favourite tournaments and one that I'll be watching quite a bit of if I can get away with it uh, down in the Heritage. But um, anybody you're going to take um, on this week or are you going to look towards I'm, the US Open a bit more? than I might try to build my US Open bankroll or shorten it with another lost bet. Um, I'm going to back Justin Thomas this week. He um, shot a brilliant final round there last weekend. 
He's um, he's gonna you know he's playing with uh, Speed and McElroy in the opening two rounds. So like we always say, when you're playing with better golfers, Speed and McElroy are better golfers than Justin Thomas at the moment. You up your game. So um, if he's got his head in the right space, he'll up his game. He'll play really well. He loves going to this golf course. He says hasn't he's a hasn't the greatest performances here. The two times he's visited, but he's uh, his game's coming along. So he's my bet at. 55 to 1 55 he to might one. be available uh, no 55 to 1 seems about the market best and so I, 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 I will take that and that's what 1 to 7 on the green bookies 1 to 7 yeah I'm, I'm going to go Bryson DeChambeau because I just think he's becoming my Russell Knox for the moment because I think he will break through sooner rather than mm-hmm. later and at 125 to 1 I reckon within the next 125 tournaments he most likely will uh, win so I agree yeah. um, and he's the kind of the historian student of the game likes these kind of classical courses you know there's a good sink there isn't there yeah no I, I just think that he's, he's doing something there's something about him that I, I like watching him I, I'm not sure I'm still totally I can't get my head around the whole one iron one length and all mm. that kind of stuff but uh, I, I like him. He, he's he's interesting and he's a character, and and that that that's kind of what draws me to. Would him. you wear one of those caps like that? Who knows, Barry? If if I, if if I played on the US tour, uh, I would probably wear my underwear outside my trousers if that <laughs> got me on the tour. To be perfectly honest, um, so that I suppose is the week ahead. And uh, are you? Sorry, I was going to ask. Am I playing you, golf this weekend? No, I know you. I know you're we playing are, golf. Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask you: Are you backing Stenson in the Nordia Masters? No. Aww, I think the I, love affair over. I think my love affair with Henrik Stenson and gambling is over. It's just uh, burned too many times. So everybody, get on this week. Stenson. Henrik Stenson, going, really good odds. He's going to <laughs> absolutely crush it this week. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just have to. Take satisfaction from him winning rod and at eleven to two, I'm, I'm not backing that. Well, it's too I'd, short. Say, I'd say Henrik Sensen's probably quite happy about that when he listens to this finally, podcast I because he's probably <laughs> thinking he hasn't got the jinx out over. Yeah. So look, uh, thank you to Barry uh, for all your wonderful insight as always throughout the the, the last hour. Um, Cheers, James. We will be on Twitter over the weekend, so make sure you're following us if you can. And mm. um, at podcast GTS, a good talk spoiled at gmail is the email. Um, we're on Game Golf as well, so download the app and, and follow us on that. And thank Barry you. O'Hanrahan and James Richardson, just for anyone who doesn't know our names. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Full names for us, you know, if they want to uh, search for us. So, look, thank you for the listeners for listening, downloading, and uh, letting other people know about us. Um, have a great weekend golfing if you're golfing. If you're not, enjoy watching it if you're watching it. And we will talk again next week about what's happened. Good luck. <laughs> Bye-bye, huh? Well, you're fine. Bye-bye.